Hello and welcome to the fifth episode of Insiders Look. Today I'm joined by David Pacini, the MPP for Northumberland, Peter, Peterborough South, and the Minister of the Environment. It's great to have you here, David. Thanks very much for having me, Jackson. Why don't you start by telling me a little bit about yourself? Well, I'm currently uh, Ontario's youngest uh, ever Minister of Environment, Conservation and Parks. I proudly represent uh, the riding of uh, Northumberland, Peterborough South. I've uh, come from a background in healthcare administration, worked with the Royal College of Physicians and Surgeons of Canada, um, worked internationally, uh, did it, doing a lot of certification, accreditation, uh, program development, and uh, prior to that worked uh, in the trade ministry with uh, former trade minister Fast, and prior to that was in the public service, avid soccer fan and former coach uh, at the University of Ottawa, men's uh, GG's program and uh, active uh, hiker, dog lover, uh, big animal lover, and proud resident of uh, rural Ontario and self-proclaimed foodie. So that's me in a nutshell. There you go. Great to hear. Um, my next question is, why did you want to get involved in politics? That's a good question. Um, so, you know, I think a lot of people have carefully curated answers uh, to, to that political question. Mine's pretty simple, actually. Um, you know, growing up in and uh, studying in Ottawa, being a stone's throw from Parliament Hill, it's hard not to be a bit in the political bubble. So that's when my first taste and actually getting interested and involved in, in politics stems to my colleague, MPP uh, Andrea Kanjan, who, who got me involved uh, when I was in, uh, in campus politics at uh, University of Ottawa. So I credit her with, uh, with the first spark and interest uh, in, in politics. Um, but, uh, but, but I became a really disillusioned Jackson with the, the way we were heading under the liberals. I found it was a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, platitudes, uh, zero performance in action. And, uh, which is very common, um, you know, I find of, of the liberal brand, a lot, a lot of platitudes, a lot of talk. And, um, my concern was that, uh, we saw manufacturing fleeing rural Ontario. We saw, um, a healthcare system working in healthcare at the time, I was really disillusioned by what we saw no nursing expansion seats, no expansion of residency seats for doctors of tomorrow, uh, an inability to capture international talent, uh, and, and a real a crisis in, in the healthcare system. And so, um, you know, sooner or later, you look around and you think, you know, if I feel this strongly, I can do better, I should get involved and you look around and say, let's make this let's affect the sort of change that you want to see in your community. And as someone who's young, I'm proud, proudly from rural Ontario. I don't think uh, and don't want this community to be a commuter bedroom community of the GTA. I want us to be a vibrant community where you can live, work, play and raise a family uh, right here in, uh, in Northumberland, Peterborough South, right here in rural Ontario. And so, you know, uh, to that effect, uh, I, I launched my nomination campaign, won the nomination, you know, got elected and have been working really on, on that quality of life piece here in rural Ontario ever since. Yeah, for sure. And like you said, that part is uh, very important, raising the family and all that and rural. Mm -hmm. it's, it's a different, like, you know, it's almost like a different lifestyle rural Ontario compared to like living in the big city, you know? Yes. And COVID's only further exacerbated that with a real digital push to going online. We've expanded broadband, um, you know, ended cell gaps in this community. 
we're uh, we're seeing manufacturing, clean, green growth. Obviously, in my environment ministry, are really uh, looking towards that. Uh, building transit-oriented communities as a government. I mean, we've embarked on probably the most ambitious transit plan in Ontario's history with the Ontario Line, with Go expansion for the first ever. Now, talking Go east of Bowmanville. Um, and accelerating that project to Bowman, Bowmanville, saving the taxpayer dollars as well. So, um, you know, it's an exciting time to be in Ontario. And despite the difficulties and very real challenges of COVID, um, we are emerging and will emerge stronger than ever before. And it's an exciting time for this province and presents us with some incredible opportunities. Yeah, for sure. My next question is, as a politician, what do you see as your biggest accomplish accomplishment so far? Well, I think it's on the healthcare file. I'm, I'm very proud of the work that we've done. We have an aging population in Northumberland, Peterborough South, um, uh, a number of retirees. But as I said, we're also seeing younger families moving out here too. And integral to all of this, you can't have a healthy economy without healthy people. And uh, so for me, I've been really proud of a couple things. One, a compassionate uh, you know, end of life care, dying with dignity. Um, with the hospice footprint we have and that's you know community driven but we've uh, made important funding commitments um, accelerating the build in Clarington um, you know Ed's house in uh, in Northumberland and and beyond so we now have expanded that hospice footprint um, you know to help alleviate some of the pressure in the hospital rooms secondly uh, hospital funding you know for forever we were plagued the hospital funding formula it was one of the things that stuck in my brain on day one in the election the two hospital CEOs approached me for a meeting in, in this riding and and we sat down and spoke about it and for years you know healthcare workers walking around the hospital after their shift just to decompress knowing that they didn't provide the level of care that you know they, they'd wanted to provide for the residents so we've increased funding 31 percent at Northumberland Hills Hospital and close to 11% um, at Campbellford Memorial Hospital. But Campbellford also received over $10 million in one-time strategic investments uh, to help put that hospital on the pathway uh, to success. But, but moreover, we're now talking redevelopment for the first time. So um, very proud of that, of that healthcare footprint. And then finally, I would say long-term care, direct hours of care, um, you know, our, our loved ones and, and aging and aging in place, aging with dignity. We're investing in community-based programming like we've never seen in this community before. We're investing in builds and beds, brand new builds. I mean, how often I, you know, I provided care for my grandparents, and none of whom are, are with us anymore, but you know, if you and I close our eyes and think of what our experience in long-term care has been retirement writ large, it's old buildings in the 70s and 80s, honestly, like when I was yeah, born no. or before, and we've changed that. Uh, and we've got more beds now under construction in our region um, than, than the entire uh, decade under the previous government. So, so really proud of that. For sure. And yeah, I noticed like since, you know, the government's, new government's taken in place, there's been a lot more healthcare investment that was kind of lacking before, you know, under, especially yeah. at the end there under the liberals and it was just, you know, crumbling, crumbling apart the healthcare system almost. And, and COVID really, you know, had, had a large strain on it again, but, you know, it's still, it's still hanging in there with uh, the investments that the government's mm -hmm. put in. Yeah. Uh, as uh, minister of environment, what is your role as the, as the minister of environment? 
Well, as minister, I've got um, sort of three distinct areas uh, within the ministry, uh, environment, conservation, and parks. So in the environment, we're, uh, we're looking at obviously tackling climate change, reducing our greenhouse gas emissions, um, investing in net zero technology, looking at, uh, at, at you know, robust commitments, um, you know, to things like in a rural community like ours, adding energy, um, you know, on, on farms with uh, the anaerobic digesters and a few other things. Um, you know, looking at at really reducing our, our carbon footprint through working with MedCAD, Minister Fidelity's ministry on our EV strategy and transportation, transit-oriented communities, um, you know, alleviating that congestion. Um, but uh, the parks file, super exciting for the first time in decades, expanding our parks footprint. It was one of the first things I did, growing our trail system, um, restoring wetlands and conservation that sort of dovetails into the conservation piece. Um, you know, we, we're not, not only are we sort of expanding the wetlands, the green belt, um, which play an important role in sequestering carbon, but also a habitat for species at risk. Um, for important water uh, runoff and, and, and source water protection. Um, you know, we're doing all of that. Uh, I was recently at the Rouge Park to support community-led initiatives uh, by experts on the ground. Really excited to see what the incredible community members were doing there. Um, Jim, Kevin, David, Tivia, we're doing some great, great work there. And, uh, and, and so, you know, doing that. And, and back to the parks piece, um, you know, Looking at our parks footprint, we have such a strong brand there. You can't order any of the merchandise online. I grew up in Algonquin Park, Highland Trail with my dad. I can't even get a t-shirt uh, on his birthday or at Christmas. Um, that creates an immense opportunity and that revenue generating piece, uh, mod you know, modernizing the procurement portfolio. I mean, for a decade, this parks file was ignored. And, and now um, we're at a place where we're doing some really exciting uh, things to make those investments. Um, and then return the revenue generated can go back into parks, but also yeah. accessibility, uh, some of the covered spaces, electrifying certain strategic sites to provide a truly accessible experience for all Ontarians. So um, I'm, I'm really excited. Uh, we do a lot of regulations, spill cleanups, environment staff. We've got an amazing ministry and incredible staff who are working throughout the pandemic, um, modern, you know, checking up on spills. Um, you know, fires, things like that, to ensure that we have robust protections in place and mitigation strategies uh, to protect our environment and ensure that Ontarians have clean air, clean land and water. For sure. And you talked about a lot of stuff you did. Follow up question is what projects or goals that would you like to see get done to protect uh, the environment in Ontario? Well, we're um, expanding a number of programs. So we've done uh, one a great example of that is the recent investment in Ducks Unlimited for wetlands um, protection and expansion. Um, and, and I think many people sometimes, you know, politics and public policymaking isn't black and white. And often there are forces that want to create a binary choice. And so you, you might have a, there are some who, who will say, don't touch wetlands, don't touch, um, you know, natural environment. In fact, just create a sort of uh, either a physical fence or some arbitrary boundaries where preventing access at, at all to anyone. I would say it's, yes, there are some places where that's prudent, but there's a, a more gray area. And we see with, for example, what Ducks Unlimited do, they go on lands and they restore and enhance wetlands. And as a result, uh, help mitigate from invasive species, which can kill important um, species uh, in, in our 
you know, in, 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 in our food chain and, and, you know, in, in robust um, ecological diversity. And that's so critical uh, for habitat protection. And so in that in investment, you know, uh, just, just one there, the largest fresh freshwater cleanup of its kind uh, with pollution probe uh, cleaning up past plastic pollution. And again, there's another example, you know, we'll get caught up in this rhetoric of ban plastics. Uh, you know, I had a great conversation with environmental defense and, and they even said it's more nuanced. It's not quite, we don't, we're not supportive of a, an outright ban. You can create a circular economy where through proper recycling, you're pelletizing and, and taking uh, those recyclables and investing in, in, you know, the circular economy, low cost decking, things, uh, things like that. Um, you know, these bans, uh, in many respects don't work and and result in in job losses layoffs and closures and and you know and, and ontarians in poverty and that's unacceptable to me when we can uh, divert waste out of our landfills we can create a circular economy we can be a leader and uh and and benefit ontarians in clean green jobs of tomorrow so you know we're heading in that direction with our ev strategy with fuel additives to reduce our dependency on on fossil fuels and and i just think i mean this is done in a manner that's supporting industry hand in hand with industry creating clean green jobs and uh, and achieving really ambitious targets for sure and you mentioned there like uh how they were talking about completely outright ban in plastic by 2030 or introducing things like the carbon tax and stuff like that. It just adds more cost and more worry to Ontarians, the middle-class Ontarians who rely either on the jobs or a lot of extra costs for things like the carbon tax. So there's, uh, like you said, there's gotta be other ways and better ways to find that balance yeah. between like not costing too much, but also at the same time protecting the environment. Absolutely. And I, and I think, you know, we hear a lot of platitudes and, and we heard and, you know, with the previous government, but I'll give you a tangible example. We, you know, operate with the, the Environmental Bill of Rights and we've got um, specific measures within it, a statement of values, and it's a lens. It's like, consider it a mission statement for, you know, a company or anything. We have a mission statement. So if we want to make sure we're operating under some core principles and a lens through which we look when we're developing policy and legislation, previous liberal government didn't even include climate change in that statement of values. I mean, that's just shameful. So big on platitudes, big on rhetoric, actually light when it comes to a lot of tangible measures. And, and so, you know, I'm excited with that opportunity when we're revisiting that. Our environmental assessment, um, which was 50-year-old stale legislation, um, we're, we're, we're taking that. So we're actually getting science evidence-based decisions, zeroing in on things, um, but also ensuring that when uh, we know that science uh, shows us that we've got an important piece of, of land within urban boundaries or within an area that is slated for, for growth, that we're not holding up uh, that, that future home for a single parent, for, for a low-income family, that we're unlocking that potential, that we're not um, you know, putting our loved ones into decrepit old facilities from the 50s, 60s, and 70s. And so you know, we've really, really turned the page, modernizing government. Um, again, you know, a, a great part back to the parks file. Under the previous government, 
Um, you know, you couldn't even use your mobile device to make a parks booking. Um, you know, you're going on a system, no pictures of park sites, no idea where you're going, and um, and and a, and a, a terrible cancellation policy system where people make mass bookings and then cancel with little to no penalties at the end, preventing good campsites for all Ontarians to book. We've modernized that complete system. We're looking at modernizing procurement so that you don't walk into the store and see empty shelves. Anyone who's been at, you know, Presqu'il recently, for example, and the park staff are so great, but they can't pivot because their hands are tied. We're changing all that, modernizing this. Uh, you know, when they said, look, we can use a mobile device, that's not a win. That's an expectation, Jackson, in the 21st century for guys like you and myself and, and for all Ontarians. And so um, really taking government out of the stone age and bring it into the 21st century, um, which is a job creator, which is restoring trust and accountability in government. And, uh, and I'm really excited for the future. And it's, uh, they're always, the Liberal Party is always talking about, you know, how they are the ones that, you know, they want to protect the environment and modernize everything. And they're always like um, trashing the Conservatives almost just to say like, they don't care about the environment and all that. When it's like, when it's the Conservative Party in power right now that have improved the environment, improved, uh, modernized it, like you said. So it's just, it's just a hypocrisy almost. If we look at three key things, land, air, water. When it comes to water, it was a Conservative government under Premier Doug Ford that launched the largest freshwater cleanups of its kind. Taking those source pollutants, taking microplastics, going upstream, pollution probe, partnering with University of Toronto, studying those uh, pollutants. We implemented a producer pay model for, for, for those polluters. That's actually, instead of going after you and your parents and taxing you to death, actually looking at the producer and trying to limit that material and, and, and going in and degrading our environment. So again, conservative government, largest freshwater cleanup of its kind, air. Um, you know, we had some of the, the we, you know, we, we had a lot of talk and, and to the previous government, they talked to their credit about, about air regulations and a lot of these things, but a lot of those regs I'm now looking at implementing and looking at bringing forward, they never got it done in over a decade. Um, and when it comes to land, uh, limited parks uh, expansion, I spoke to you about the old park system. We have such a strong brand that's truly accessible, regardless of creed, color, religion, socioeconomics, you can go to our parks and have a truly accessible experience. And pursuant to the Onley report and for, for, for those with accessibility challenges, expanding the accessible footprint in our parks so that everybody can enjoy the parks uh, footprint. Conservation, you know, talked a lot. Um, yet carved up the green belt, the previous government, we're expanding it. Uh, not only that, but we've launched among the largest conservation efforts uh, with wetland protection, expansion, rehabilitation in this province's history, like I mentioned with that Ducks Unlimited project. So again, land, air and water, I'm very proud of the record, very proud of where we're heading as a government. For sure. My next question is, what issues do you think are most important right now to Ontarians? Well, I mean, I'll, I'll stick to my file right now. I mean, there's a lot of issues, I think, you know, um, economic well-being and recovery and, yeah. and, and healthcare is so critical in a post-COVID lens. You can't have a healthy economy, as I said, without healthy people. So marrying those two. But, you know, let's talk about our, our environment piece right now. And I think, you know, uh, 
the environment and job creation and growth aren't mutually exclusive. They can go hand in hand. And that's where we're going as a government, seeing um, P3 partnerships, seeing industry shift and Ontario as a leader in electric vehicle uh, manufacturing and production. I'm, we're going to be a leader in that, thanks to the work of my colleague, Minister Fideli, Premier Ford, myself. It's a whole of government approach. So very excited um, for, for our growth on that file. And again, for those that said, oh, but you got rid of a rebate. Uh, yeah, rebate for rich people driving Teslas. Sorry, but that's not a meaningful target. We want all Ontarians yeah, middle class. driving EVs and, and moving. Transit, yeah. um, you know, our transit system. I traveled the world in my previous government and you would go to these countries where let's get Toronto's transit system looking more like the webbed models in Seoul, Korea and Shanghai and other countries and, and less like just a U shape. Um, let's, let's invest in that transit, the Ontario line, all that we're getting it done and we're partnering with the feds in doing that. So again, very, very proud of that. And on, on the land and air water piece, um, you know, I think this is our environment is a priority for future generations. We launched the Youth Council the other day for high school students, grades nine to twelve, the first ever uh, Ontario Environment uh, Youth Council, uh, Youth Environment Council, and really excited. Uh, folks can go online and apply now at Ontario.ca forward slash YEC or Youth Environment Council, and really excited to share their perspectives. They want. Um, a healthy economy. They want job growth and creation and the and the circular economy and clean uh, green jobs presents us with an immense opportunity for that. For sure. And um, my next question is for the for the environment. So you said the environment, right? How these obviously elect, something like the electric car, that's very expensive. How can you or the government make it almost more affordable, work with companies to make it more affordable for uh, the future? Yeah, it's a great, great question. We launched an EV strategy and we've been working with manufacturers. And again, I think there's government is best when we're playing a supportive role and helping create the conditions for investment, not when we're bludgeoning people or providing, um, you know, free handouts. It's, it's really looking at creating the conditions uh, to shift uh, growth and, and head in that direction. And it's not in a way that leaves industry behind. It's a way that empowers industry, empowers, um, you know, good, well-paying jobs in this province. So for, you know, we're partnering with the feds. We've done an incredible leadership made in Ontario um, for uh, lithium battery uh, production, um, for creation of, of those sorts of jobs, uh, for fuel additives. We've made robust targets there to reduce um, you know, the, 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 the dependency, um, you know, solely on, on fossil fuels, but helping transition it in a way that, you know, holds hands with industry and the sector and enables them to move forward. And so for that electric vehicle piece, um, you know, it, it's critical, the work that we're doing, and we're seeing it pay off. Look at what's happening in Oshawa. Look at what's happening with Chrysler. Look at what's happening, you know, Ford has ambitious plans as well. I mean, all of the major auto manufacturers know that Ontario is a great place to, in which to invest, in, in which to do business. Um, and I don't think they could necessarily say that in years past. So, um, so I'm very excited with that. And as I said, transit as well. Go Whether it's two-way go for residents in my community, um, increasing that by over 25%. So think of that, adding a new, you know, for every uh, three routes, we're adding a new one um, and, and expanding go um, and, and not doing it uh, in a manner that's, uh, that, that, you know, that punts it off in years, but, but accelerating these builds, accelerating these projects, 
um, getting shovels in ground, reducing the gridlock, and building transit-oriented communities where people live, work, and play right around uh, public transit so that they can hop on it um, and, and aren't necessarily dependent on driving long distances. And that helps moms and dads, and it gives you back more time. It gives you back more time to do what you want to do. Spend time with your kids, spend time with your friends, loved ones, and, uh, and, and doing things on your own schedule. So I'm really excited with that as well. Yeah, and a lot more uh, as well uh, jobs will be created because of the electric uh, jobs that were lost. Like, for example, in Oshawa, the GM plant, yeah. it, they were all going to close like thousands of jobs lost. And then they're like, well, you know, we'll save a couple hundred for build, starting to build the electric, the electric cars or parts of the electric. And that's the same with the other companies as well. Exactly. And Premier Ford has been very ambitious when it comes to that, uh, you know, personally picking up the phone, really telling, uh, you know, the leaders in this sector, we're a place in which you can grow and invest. Um, and, and, and we're seeing it pay out in dividends and, you know, credit to the unions who are working with us, credit to the feds who are working with us. But to give you another analogy, when we, you know, COVID hit and we were dependent on empty planes from China, again, it was Premier Ford that said, I trust and I know who can go to bat for Ontarians. I know who will go to the mattresses, who will, who will work that extra mile, not just the frontline heroes, but working everyday working class, working Ontarians. And when we empower them and when we're making our own PPE, like, um, you know, Canada Rubber here, like uh, General Civilian in Coburg and others, when we support them, Linamar, Microbics for the testing piece, when we invest in Ontarians and work and unleash and harness the might and intellectual capacity that is Ontarians and, and our manufacturing sector, the opportunities are endless and the made in Ontario a legacy that Premier Ford's leaving behind is huge for this province so that we're not dependent uh, on, on, on China and foreign jurisdictions when we have crises, uh, that we can be more self-reliant. And, and, and that's been a monumental shift under our government. For sure. And a lot of, like, like you said, the, the red tape is, uh, a lot of the red tape is cut since this government's taken over. There was, and still like Canada is still one of the, unfortunately, least, <laughs> business place to do because of all the red tape, but it's uh, slowly, slowly getting better being cut and stuff. Yeah, launching a first ever ministry of red tape uh, reduction, launching the fall. I mean, we have a red tape bill goes in once a year now, um, fall economic statement, but we've got the red tape package and and uh, we're, we're looking at ways to, to unlock again. So that Ontario, no, nobody's suggesting on Ontario um, you know, can't be a world leader in this. And, uh, and, and when you strap um, our sector with hurdles to jump, I mean, just seeing getting our testing off the ground, uh, um, you know, was a great example of that. And, uh, you know, we shouldn't have to jump through hurdles to uh, invest in, and to get testing, uh, rapid testing out to market uh, technology here in Ontario. But these, the red tape, the hurdles just to get you know, the PPE here, I had to hand drive it down myself to Burlington to get it tested, to look, looked at. And uh, there's just so much red tape um, that, uh, you know, I'm proud that the government's really taken a serious approach to slashing those barriers, to unlocking and harnessing that potential, um, you know, so that we're not dependent on foreign jurisdictions. And honestly, I would add jurisdictions that don't have nearly the same sort of stringent protections that we have in Ontario for, um, minorities for the environment, for um, you know e equity provisions, and and so when 
when, when we're doing it and we're investing in Ontarians, leaning on the people who elect us, um, you know, the opportunities are endless. Sure. My final question is uh, today is, do you, do you feel that the current federal government has done a good enough job to support Ontario, specifically uh, in the environment and helping you, uh, the provincial government get the projects done that you would like? Yeah, well, I mean, look, I, I, it's no secret. I'm of a different uh, political uh, stripe than the federal government. I give them credit for the times that they've worked with us. I think in, in times like this, people don't care what level of government uh, you're, you're, you're from. They just want help. And so when we link together, we've delivered on wonderful projects for new, um, new uh, recreation centers for, uh, for, for our residents, new senior centers, and infrastructure projects. Um, you know, like the Ontario line and other things that we've been hammering home on. And it's an interesting contrast between a lot of platitudes and a lot of talking, yet it, when, it was when Premier Ford got elected that the Liberals were really able to actually do the sort of transit that they talked the big game about. But Premier Ford made it happen with respect to the Ontario line, with respect to GO expansion, um, with respect to the Northern line, all, all sorts of things that we're doing now um, to help better connect people to places, things, job, et cetera, um, that reduces our, our carbon footprint. So, um, you know, I think without question um, on the, you know, personal issues, I think on the indigenous file um, is one area where certainly that there's been a lot of talk, but but very little action. And, and you know, so I, I'd like to see the feds partner with us. I made a point when I met with uh, Minister Wilkinson, my federal counterpart, um, at putting that on the agenda as a uh, number one item. We do a lot of great work, Aqua, Ontario Clean Water, um, and Walkerton uh, it, with Indigenous communities. And, uh, you know, we'd like to see uh, the, the the feds really be unabashed in, in that priority and in accelerating that. Um, you know, I think of clean water infrastructure projects we had that took two years for federal approval. Again, I'm glad that they've partnered with us and made those investments, but it shouldn't take that long uh, to get those approvals, especially when provincially, you know, we turned around approvals in two to four months. So, um, you know, I think at the end of the day, um, Ontarians, as I said, don't care what level of government as long as we get it done. And when we're working together, when we're linking arms, I don't care what political stripe, what color you are, um, let's just get a job done and let's get things done for Ontarians. And so I am, I am thankful for all the collaborative efforts and, and examples I've illustrated to you that where we've worked collaboratively. For sure. Well, that's all the questions I had today, Minister. So I'd like to thank you for coming on the podcast and talking to me. It was a great honor having you here. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Jackson. It was great. All right, take care. Thank you. You too. Bye. Take care.